Royal Ahmed, this unit specializes in finding Taliban munitions and explosive sites. Basically, we get into trouble. Sadly, we lost our last interpreter. Understood. And it's Ahmed, sir. Well, it's sergeant, not sir. Hey guys, meet Ahmed, our new interpreter. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. Ooh, that was awkward. Uh, yes, the greater good. Uh, this is. Oh, it was awkward. Why was it awkward? No, that 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 me fadering, fadering, fading out the oh. the music was awkward. <laughs> Darth Fader. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> my favorite audio memes is someone taking like a Pez head of Darth Vader and putting it on a, a fader of a mixer and calling it Darth Vader. It's one of my favorite little thingies. <laughs> Uh, this is episode 458, and tonight we're talking about Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. You have to add the Guy Ritchie's because there's several movies called The Covenant, so we've, we yeah. had to distinguish it. And there's also the, the Bear Attack Revenant, too, so you got to be real careful. The Revenant, yeah. Check. Yeah, that's true. There is that. Uh, I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. The Army always gives cool nicknames, Jimison. Yeah, what's up, Jizzy? <laughs> it was okay, funny, I feel better already. Like they were all like, like doubles, right? JJ, Chow Chow, you know, whatever, and then Jizzy, Jizzy. Good yeah. Lord, what is the what is the story behind that? Well, I was gonna say the thing is, there's always a story behind their nicknames. They don't just get right? a nickname. Oh yeah, um, yeah. While we're on the topic. um of I know nicknames I, of or nicknames. Okay, <laughs> I, this is scary. Where this might be going? Well, no, I I know that uh, in Five Alpha, I was given a nickname uh, by my big brother, um, which I didn't like um, because he chose it uh, simply because my initials were AJ. So he called me Apple Juice, and then he dropped the apple, and it was just juice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but I'm curious though. I, I I don't remember. I know you had a nickname. Well, well Opie's your nickname, right? Yeah, Opie's is yeah. yeah Opie's yeah. always been. You wanted, was yeah. that that was the only one in Find Me Alpha, right? Was it another one for me? Yeah. No, that was the only one. Okay. Okay. Um, it was the idiots. I mean, we called him that guy. I mean, you know, the, the whiny pledge. That was another one. Yeah, I got that one a lot. Um, <laughs> so that one came from. So it was my sophomore year in high school, and we had a brand new band director. And he was up on the, the in the press box, and so he's trying to get us to, you know, move to a certain spot. And he doesn't know our names yet, and so he's you know flute one, flute two, and so when we kind of get into the low brass, you know, there's this kid in the back that's got you know red hair, and he's like, "Hey, Opie," and I, I we all knew immediately who he was talking about because I'm like, "Well, I'm the only redhead in the band, so obviously he's talking about me." Uh, yeah. And so that that name stuck, you know, for years. I mean, there are the funny part is that uh, 
when I was volunteering at the church at the time and running sound, uh, I introduced myself as Sean, but my, you know, my friends call me Opie. So most of those kids thought for years that my actual name was Opie. Uh, and so, you know, I remember one time, like, you know, the, 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 the youth director saying, um, you know, Sean has some news and you're like, who's Sean? And I'm, I'm Sean. Like, oh, okay. So yeah, nicknames are, they're a good time. Sam, we don't well, really just, ever, yeah. what, what, Andrew? Well, I was just going to ask, does Sam, do you have a nickname? No, not really. Never. Yeah. My cousins called me Tuna. Um, even before the the office, uh, mm-hmm. they were calling Jim Tuna long before that. So yeah, I don't know why, but that was well. Bill Parcells was thing. called the Big Tuna. I don't know why yeah. either, but that was a nickname. You don't yeah. look well, like. Was, Bill... I think it was it was Sammy Tuna was a character. Oh um, yeah, back in the seventies, maybe or the eighties. Isn't huh. isn't that so, the name of the starfish tuna fish? fish? The tuna fish, fish. The mascot. Yeah, yeah. I think oh. so. I think okay. so. So, did my, people call my, you, you know, Sammy? Come, no, never been called Sammy. So, so my dad, okay. my dad's middle name, my dad's first name was Charles. His middle name was Sam, but he goes by Sam. He he's always gone by mm-hmm. Sam. And in high school and college, he went by Sammy. That's what they called him, Sammy. Really? And uh, which is is it just plain Sam? Not we, Samuel? Uh, no, we, uh, it is Samuel. Charles Samuel. Okay, is his full name. Okay. Yeah, my parents were, or were products of the seventies. It's just plain Sam. Oh, okay. So, no so it's it's not a it's not a Samuel. It's interesting. Mm-mm. Just no. Sam. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sam, uh, Samothy. 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 <laughs> Sam- are you okay? Samson. Are you okay if I just call you Sam? <laughs> now I will admit that. Uh, so a good friend of the show who's been on many times, uh, Stephen, he liked to give me little, you know personal nicknames like uh his, his, my favorite of his was he called me Jonathan a lot <laughs> he would call me Jonathan um, that's interesting yeah I, I liked that one there were other ones but that was probably my favorite I just thought it was kind of clever Jonathan and and his brother's name is Jonathan so there's you know familial connection there but yeah that's kind of it Anyway, that was a fun little trip down nickname. Nice. Uh, if you're listening and enjoyed that, thank you. I appreciate uh, that. I don't know why I'm saying I thank you. I don't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> Sam. What? Always pays his debts, Vector. Yes. And Sean, if you look towards the, the northeast sky, there will be a shadow coming over. And um, eventually you will hear this sound. Just ignore that. And... Uh, Take what's coming. Okay. Why northeast? Or at yeah. his age, you could just slide down that hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would hurt. Yeah, the the hill in the backyard. Yeah, where the where the creature lives. <laughs> the, the creature uh, dangerous, in the backyard. Yeah. The dangerous hose creature that uh, <laughs> that you ran away from the other Sprinkler night. Sprinkler creature. Sprinkler creature. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I like it. Yeah. yeah so that yeah. hill scene reminded me of the rundown, right? When The mm-hmm. Rock and Sean Astin, not Sean Astin, Sean William Scott, they fall down that. But like in the rundown, <laughs> they hit Rudy, like, no! <laughs> no! Rudy, it wasn't, it wasn't Samwise Gamgee. Um, 
but like in that in the rundown, they hit like fifteen trees, and like they would have died, you know, several times, and they just get up and brush it off. Whereas in this movie, it seemed yeah. a little bit more less awful, but it, it still looked. Or what was it? Rough. Is it Lone Survivor that they they did a lot of that too, where they had to get away off cliffs and stuff? I haven't seen that. The uh, the Mark Wahlberg uh, bit. Check it out. Okay. Yeah. That sounds fun. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, 2023's The Covenant. Uh, and uh, I think we, we picked this one mainly because, well, it's a Guy Ritchie film. And I like Guy Ritchie films, and we've done a lot of his. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'd be curious. Uh, there's There's got to be a way. Well, there's not an easy way because I my, my spreadsheet, I only list the movie. I don't have it spread out as director. So I'd have to go back and manually add in what directors. But I wonder if this is, if Guy Ritchie is our most viewed director at this point. Hmm. Or is it Spielberg? Yeah, we've done a lot of stuff. Or is it Gunn? James Gunn? Uh, well, we've only done the three, four. Didn't we do Suicide Squad? Yeah, that's the fourth. Okay. Well, I guess technically the holiday special counts was one, so. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'll be curious. That's something that I'm not going to do it during the show, but that's something that maybe I'll I'll do one day if I, you know, have time to do such things as see which which is our most viewed director. If we had an intern, I'd make them do it, but. Yeah. You do that. It's definitely an intern job. Yeah. We just don't have one of those. We've done, yeah. After they make our coffee, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, uh, so what is this movie, the the Covenant? It, it's it's that it's that Christopher Walken thing with the with the the creepy stuff, right, Andrew? Yeah. Or or during the war in Afghanistan, a local interpreter risks his own life to carry an injured American sergeant across miles of grueling terrain. What are, what are we looking yeah. at, Sam? What is that? It's just a guy carrying a sheep. Oh, it's a sheep. I see your head was in... in I, I didn't know what was happening. Oh, we just thought you were wearing a sheep for a hat. Yeah, I didn't know... <laughs> what was happening? It's very strange. It's a strange picture anyway. Just the guy, yeah. with, a, guy with a sheep. Yep. All right. Okay. <sighs> so this is obviously a new film. This came out pretty recently, and this is the first time that any of us had seen this movie. And yeah, I didn't didn't realize it was so new. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was uh, well new. It's um, 2023, but I don't know the re- actual release date. There. Uh, it came out in uh, April, April, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I remember actually seeing the commercials for this. Mm-hmm. And because I remember the the line that I have a hook in me that they used over and over and over again in the commercials. Oh, really? They had a lot in the commercials? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember that part. Yep. I only remember uh, just him in the... Um, when, when we agreed... When, when, I, when I saw the poster last week, to, to when we recorded last week, I remember, oh yeah, this is the movie where something bad happens to the interpreter and he has to go and rescue him. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the majority mm-hmm. of the movie was the rescue and it's not... Um, it's, it's not that, 
Uh, so let's do our five word reviews, and we'll start uh, as always with Sam. Sure. All right. Um, so I've got a few tonight on here. Uh, the first one is nothing we haven't seen before. All right. So nothing we haven't seen before. You know, basically. <laughs> Well, I've I'm seeing something I've never seen before. <laughs> he's, in, he's in a Teletubbies outfit. I have no idea why. It's great. Um. <laughs> oh, if you're not watching this on YouTube, please uh, stop yeah. what you're doing and go find it. <laughs> oh. oh, man. All right. So nothing we haven't seen before, right? Um. So I've got four, so you're going to have to bear with me here um, because uh, this is an interesting movie to me. Uh, my second one is Hollywood Tries to Make Me Care. All right. And the reason I say that is that this feels like a very special episode of a show or a very special, you know, we have to worry about these interpreters, which has a valid thing. I totally understand, but it's like they're trying too much to make me care about these, these interpreters in Afghanistan. And, and it's not a bad thing to care, but it, it makes me not care because that, that goes to my, uh, my third review is a Guy Ritchie toilet bowl. And then that leads me forth into stolen valor in movie form. Now I might have gone into this movie, not feeling good and in a bad mood, but let me tell you, I put this thing on, on, on the TV, on the big TV. I didn't watch it at work. I wanted to watch it at home because I enjoy a good war movie. I have enjoyed a guy, you know, all the, the rest of these Guy Ritchie movies. I was looking forward to this movie. <laughs> and so I put this thing on and it's crap, guys. It is half-assed. The, 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 the battle scenes, I, you know, we, like I said before, we've seen it all before there's nothing new there's nothing interesting um it feels like the actors in this movie are phoning it in um i don't think guy Ritchie cared i think he, hollywood basically said hey we need to make a political statement about these these uh, uh translators and how we need to help them and I, I think what really ruined it for me is you know this is not based on a true story this is made up this is something that they have they've put together and it feels to me like a over the top Saturday afternoon matinee and I came out of this movie feeling dumber because of it. I didn't like this movie guys. This is the first one in a while and I think because I had such high expectations it it, it fell that far for me but I once I realized this wasn't a true story and that, you know, it just, they were lumping all the interpreters in, into this one story. It just, it was, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Okay. So there you go. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm gonna... And I usually like Guy Ritchie movies. I'm a, yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. I have liked every single one that we have watched before. This one did not feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. It felt like maybe he he did a a uh, you know a second director came in and did it, or a third director under him came in and did most of the shots. It didn't even feel like they were in Afghanistan. The, the, the cinematography alone 
felt like a back lot somewhere. It was too clean. It just, it didn't feel right. It didn't have the look of a Guy Ritchie cinematic uh, uh, movie that you would go pay money for. Okay. All right. Wow. That's a, that's a swing and run out the, out the gates there. Yeah. I'm going to have to stew yep. on that for a little bit. Uh, Andrew, I'll let you follow up with that. <laughs> okay. Well, I had a slightly different experience than Sam. Um, <laughs> I mean, did I find problems with it? Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it for the most part. My, my reviews, I have two, five words here. Um, movie and a sequel all in one. Mm. Uh, and then the other one I had is just difficult to look away. Um, I found myself very, uh, you know, very enthralled in what was happening in the film. And I think maybe it was because my brother-in-law uh, served in Afghanistan and I was kind of, you know, putting, putting myself in his place for a little while and, and seeing this kind of brought that imagery to life that I'd never seen before because we've seen so much uh, when we think about war movies, uh, you know, World War One, World War Two, even Vietnam and, and Korean conflicts. We've seen so much of that. Uh, and there's a few that are, you know, Desert Storm time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't really know that I've seen anything set in Afghanistan uh, and, and set in recent times. Um, there might might be something that I'm just not thinking of right now. But um, because of that, I think it just, it was interesting to me. Um, and I know, <laughs> honestly, I think the only, the only way that I've even familiar with the terrain is what I saw in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of it didn't quite look like what we saw in the news. Some of it looked at like, there was more forest than I realized. Um, and, and again, maybe this was not shot in Afghanistan or made to look exactly like Afghanistan at all. But um, I, I did like the relationship between uh, Gyllenhaal and uh, the other guy, uh, Salim, Dar Salim. Um, I, I thought that they played well together. Um, and played off of each other well. I, I kind of expected a little bit more from the Ahmed character as far as personality, because uh, he was a little lacking personality-wise <laughs> as a character. Um, but he did have some subtle... It, it almost felt more real to me because he had some subtle things. You know, like their very first interaction, you could tell in some of the dialogue that he was playing around, but in a way that military people play around. Like, we're goofing off, but I'm still serious enough that I could snap your neck if I need to. Um, and so I thought it was really uh, a very, very, interta- not entertaining, it's not the right word, but it kept my interest throughout the film. Um, but I, the reason I said I feel like it's a movie and a sequel all in one is because you do have really two acts here. You've got the beginning, which is, you know, how the two meet and how they form this bond. Um, And then act two is essentially, I'm going back to save him now that I put his life in danger. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know. I, I, I kind of enjoyed the way this story was told. Um, 
And when I got to the end and did find out that it wasn't based on a true story and that it was kind of a public service announcement that was like, hey, uh, we pulled out of Afghanistan, uh, even though we were there for 20 years, we pulled out way too soon. And, and now Taliban is back in control again. And all these interpreters are in trouble. Like, I, I can appreciate the message that they're trying to just to let us know about. I don't know that I agree in the way that it was done because uh, mm -hmm. I think that's what you're saying. That yeah. It's kind of like we're lumping all these people into this one group and, uh, and we're making a movie about it to make money off of it, uh, yeah. which I see that I really do. But at the same time, it is a message that I think is important um, that there are these people that did help the uh, United States military. And now they're being some of them being hunted uh, for their, their help. So, that story in itself, I think, was good, but it, uh, yeah, I don't know that it was. I don't know. There was something about it that didn't leave a great taste in my mouth about how mm -hmm. it was, it was portrayed. But the story itself, if you take that out of it, I did like the story, um, and I just, you know, the, the the sorry, the problems that I had with it. Um, there's the scene where. Uh, Ahmed has him in the cart and they say, you've got to stay off the main roads. You've got to take the mountain passes. You've got to go through the forest. And then all of a sudden you see them being pushed through like a fiery, there's cars on Hellscape, fire. Mordor basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's people's bodies hanging and not that I'm saying that that stuff didn't happen, but I feel like if you were trying to avoid people, you would not push a cart through a, a burning city. Can, can I add one thing to the, yeah. the cart that yeah. really bothered me? Him screaming, trying to push it uphill. Dude, turn around and pull it behind you. Or uh, remember or hit, that people are hunting you, and if you're screaming, <laughs> it yeah. might give away your position. Yeah, it's just, it's like, mm, it was so mm, dumb. It was uh, just dumb. Yeah. It, was, it was dramatic for dramatic sake sake and then it just pissed me off well he he has to emote frustration and mm -hmm. exhaustion and sheer anger at the situation without words because there's no one to talk to so you have to emote somehow uh and and as far as like trying to pull it up the hill because it was stuck in that little little thing there i think the reason why i wouldn't do it is because i'm sure his hands were probably tired and the last thing you want is to be pulling and lose your grip, and then it goes down the hill. Well, then you you hitch it to you. I mean, you're the freaking horse at this point. You just gotta. Yeah. The, the, I don't. The, I don't know the, if he had the a physics. The physics to it was dumb. I don't know if he had a a, a bridle or a a bit that he could attach. Yeah, attach it to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I see your point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not to mention, don't you think at that point it's just it would have been easier just to put him on that like the fireman's cart and drag instead of pushing that really heavy cart all the way up the mountains? You know what I mean? The the, the mm -hmm. whole you know like the the Native Americans used to put their teepees on you know where it's the the triangle and you drag the the poles behind you. He had the uh, he did it earlier, but I think because he mm -hmm. in the in the 
in the third leg of the trip, right? You have the first leg where he's dragging him, and then he gets to a place where he's able to buy the truck. And then you have the second leg where he then trades the truck for the cart because he knows he's going to have to be in more populated areas. And I think that because he, he'd already almost gotten into trouble with the truck, and that's why he, he traded it with those, those gentlemen to the cart. So I think he knew the terrain ahead and maybe dragging a thing behind him would look more suspicious than a dude pushing a cart with rugs in it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, especially never mind he... never mind the boots that are uh well yeah yeah the boots, hanging which out obviously <laughs> you know that was kind of dumb yeah led, led to a led to an issue which you know he right. had to resolve but okay. yeah it's not like uh he didn't realize those boots were exposed yeah you know yeah he's got a six foot tall guy in a five mm. foot ten cart um I don't know. Uh, are you are you are you done, Andrew? Or was there more? Yeah, I've, I'm sorry. I, had a, I was saying a lot. Uh, no, it's fine. With, uh, uh, I just yeah, didn't want to jump in with my five words. If you still had things to say, or no, go your... ahead. I'm I'm curious to to know where you are because Sam and I are kind of on opposite ends of the same pole. But... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll give you a five word review, and then I'll I'll kind of say my my piece about the, the where I'm feeling. Uh, my first one was an unbreakable bond between warriors. Because um, at the end of the movie, that's kind of what they literally gave you the, the definition of covenant because they want to make sure you know that this has nothing to do with like witches and that kind of covenant. This is a bond. This is a, a vow to, to, to help each other. We were all waiting for him to say it in his little speech in the room. That he had a covenant with this. He guy. had a covenant. Yeah, I kind of was. Right? I'm I mean, really I, glad I was like, they oh, didn't. I was like, Sean's gonna get it. Sean's gonna get it. Here yeah, it I'm really glad they didn't because that speech I thought was fantastic, and I, I'm uh-huh. glad that they didn't do it because it would have really annoyed me. Um, I'm I'm cheating with my my second five word. I'm using Guy Ritchie as one word, um, and as a descriptor, meaning the least Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie film. Yep. Yeah, uh, the only parts of the movie that I can point to and say this is a Guy Ritchie film is after uh, Jake has gone home, and he's going through the the madness of being on the phone, and he's kind of losing his mind, and then he has the full break, and then that's when he remembers the trip, mm-hmm. and that oh. montage of three minutes with the crazy <clears throat> music. And that I'm like, oh, that's Guy Ritchie. Like that that's uh-huh. that's me, that's you know, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing going, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's that's Guy Ritchie, right? Because yeah. it reminded me of every tra- every training montage he's ever done, right? The one that he did in Sherlock Holmes or the one that he did in like really the one that he did in um King Arthur, when Arthur is in the land of giant snakes and bees and bats and stuff, and he's screaming like that frenetic montage reminded me of this frenetic montage. So, well, can I can I jump in for a second? Yeah. So, um, it's funny that you said that because I just clicked on Guy Ritchie on IMDb, and playing on IMDb here is a guide to Guy Ritchie films, and it talks about what makes Guy Ritchie films Guy Ritchie films. Okay. Uh, and so one characteristic is. Everyone has nicknames. All right. 
Um, Interesting. And then it talks about his film style with slow motion, which we got a little bit in this. Yeah. Um, and then it also, uh, I mean, there's a lot on here, but he does a lot of quick cuts. I don't know that we saw that um, in in this film as much until that sequence that you just talked about. Yeah. Um, but he also has um, that we didn't see, or although there's um, title sequences that that he has, and you know, if you think about um, Sherlock Holmes or Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, like those title sequences that he does. Um, Although we did see that with the the slang, right? So when they would say a acronym, it would tell us what that meant. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, and then um, he it says he's known for uh, robberies that go sideways, right? Yeah, uh, scenes where things go sideways, and I think we did have some of that. Well, yeah, um, I mean the whole movie is based on the the right the thing going sideways. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's there's some Guy Ritchie trademarks that are there. They're just more subtle. They than... are. They are. Um, yeah. You're right. Uh, this isn't like a a Sam Raimi film where where his you know the, the way he aims the camera is more overt than you know somebody else. But and they, he did a couple of things with the camera that I thought was interesting. There are several moments where. As the conversations are getting intense, he's pushing in, he pushes in, he pushes in, he pushes in, and the camera's really close to the actor. And then the camera pulls back. It pulls back away from the actor, and you, like, we are given, like, a, like oh, you know. And then, like, like, like the actor, like, the character changes the, their mood or whatever. So I thought there's some, there's some cinematography things that are happening that I enjoyed. Mm-mm. Back to Sam's point about the, the terrain and, and Andrew's. We obviously can't film in Afghanistan. They do right. not like us. It is not a friendly country. We can't film there. Uh, it when we pulled out, and this is not a political statement. Trump, President Trump, said we're leaving Afghanistan. We've been there twenty years. It's time to leave. Then he steps out of office. Uh, Biden takes over, and is you know, and the generals leave, and we all leave. And within a week and a half, the Taliban regained control of the country. It's not a political statement. That's just history at this point. Um, I don't think the, the movie is trying to uh, force any kind of political statement. I just think it's trying to tell a story uh, about a thing that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was filmed in Spain. This was, this was all filmed in Spain. So, okay. you know, is the terrain similar? I guess. I, having never been to Afghanistan, and again, only ever seen a handful of movies in of that area. I mean, I'm trying to think of only movie off the top of my head I can think of is Charlie Wilson's War, off the top of my head. Yeah. That's specifically. Well, I mean, you've got I, you know, Lone Survivor, which you haven't seen yet, than I have. Um, don't forget, we watched The Outpost, which was uh, an, an Afghanistan movie um, that had Legolas in it. Oh, okay. I have no memory of this movie. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. Well, um, sorry to go back for a second. Are you sure? Because I have it's not in my list. Is it not? I, I'm pretty up, yeah. sure we we we've seen it. Scott Eastwood. Um, yeah. I I swear we've seen it. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen. Yeah. This. 
I think I would would have only watched it for the, yep. or maybe I didn't. I don't know. Um, but it's funny that you say that uh, this was filmed in Spain uh, because my brother in law, who again served in Afghanistan, now lives in Spain. No, that's that funny. Interesting. Full time missionary. So I could well, ask him how similar the the terrain is, just out of curiosity. All, all I'm saying, Sean, is watch this movie. Uh, or I'm sorry, watch Lone Survivor. Just go and watch that and then compare the two. And there is no comparison about an Afghan uh, war movie. Well, okay. But uh, to to the point, though, that this movie and that movie are trying to tell two different stories. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't... That That's like saying this movie and, and Black Hawk Down, you know, you can't compare the two. Because you can't. Like, those are two very different stories, even though they're similar in that people need rescuing. Um, those are two kinds of different stories. And obviously two different parts of the the world don't I don't need a geography lesson on that uh even though not that long ago we got to bring up the fun part of central africa which is uh, a never ending source of fun uh that's <laughs> that's a good one there sam that's i like that that graphic there uh but to i guess to to the point of again we've not done the outpost by the way we we have not done the outpost really okay yeah. interesting Again, watch that movie, and you'll. It, there's just the 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 movie making, the the visuals, the uh, the the fighting are just. It's again, it's night and day, and it is just. I think you can make a better war movie than this one, honestly. Okay. Well, again, I'm. I'm well, I guess I am here to disagree because I like this movie and I think you're uh, off the reservation a little bit on this one. But again, you're also <laughs> feeling very poor. I was going to say, and every- you, you, both of you have been in a little bit of a uh, rough time as you watch this movie. Yeah, oh. I, I, I I enjoyed my my viewing experience with this movie. I was never pulled out of it. I it, it you know i thought that the fighting seemed very realistic and how it would actually be it didn't feel like the americans were completely... they had plot armor i mean how many taliban did they kill their their hit percentage was like 40 to 50% the taliban's was like 10 to 5 but that's what it would be you have trained american soldiers versus dudes that were you know Conscripted from villages, and given AK forty seven, not from those distances. Well, like AK forty seven is also sheer, not a, the sheer amount, but of, it's, of it's lead not a very accurate weapon. I, I think those numbers are. I think those are probably pretty accurate. And plot armor: the entire team dies, and even Jake gets say, hit. Yeah. <laughs> like we we did we did lose the entire team, the, yeah, except for those two. Yeah, the entire team dies, and Jake gets hit twice. Ahmed is the only one that gets out of this unscathed. So mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't see how you would say it's plot armor. I, I feel like lots of people died in this. Um, and yeah, they took out a lot of dudes, but I how many does Lone Survivor, how many does he take out? Or in your Outpost movie, or whatever. I mean, even the 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 one that we actually did watch where it was in Africa with the the, the Irish group. Right, the Irish soldiers that were entrenched, they had to the guard. Remember that movie that mm-hmm. Netflix didn't advertise to anybody? Um, oh God, what was that called? But it's we not were, the outpost, but it was like yeah. the similar name, right? Yeah, the it was fortress? something like no. that. But like, 
the, the numbers were similar because you have trained mm -hmm. soldiers, you know, with, with more modern weapons versus, uh, you know, a bunch of untrained people with 30 year old AK 47. So I don't, I don't have a problem with the, the, the hit percentage, uh, with the, no. uh, the, the, the kill death ratio in the film, uh, as it were, uh, but I, I, I also, and also I'll disagree on the acting. I thought the acting was great. I think Jake is great. Um, I think he's just no. a really, really good actor. I, I, I enjoyed his performance. I, I, and Ahmed, I thought Andrew, Andrew uh, Ahmed was the only one that, that was decent in this movie. I thought he was, I liked his performance. I liked it. And you're right. He's, he has a subtle, a subtleness to him, like a subtle, uh, calm, but he also really knows his stuff. Yeah. You know, like he, he could tell that there was a trap and he, he put that gun in that guy's face, you know, like he knew what was going on. And I like the phrase, he's a man about town. Uh, <laughs> that's, and that's an American phrase, right? That was an American phrase. I, I enjoyed that. Um, I mean, the, the middle third of the movie, there's almost no dialogue. Yeah. So the, the beginning and the ending of the movie, where there is heavy dialogue, I I enjoyed it. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't super quippy or, or clever. I just I thought it was good writing. I I enjoyed, I enjoyed the struggle that he that the survivor's guilt that he has, that leads his wife basically to say, "Go get him. We'll figure it. We're, we'll remortgage the house. We'll 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 go get him." Now I will say. Something that I found unrealistic. Uh, nothing against anyone who has served in the military. Um, but I understand what military employee, or well, not employees, but those who have served in military, I understand what their their pay and their... Uh, that. Let me just say this. That house, I think, was way too nice. Unless it was uh, <laughs> subsidized by the United States somehow. Well, she she has a very successful business. Yeah. Well, it's the that's the only thing I can say. Well, yeah, I did think about that too, but then I also thought, you know, I know people that have that same type of business. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, but it's Harley. Well, and Mercedes. well, it's um, hit or miss, I guess. You also have to remember realize that, like, well, not realize, but I mean. We don't know like how long have they been in that house? Has that house been in the family for for a hundred yeah, years? You're saying like, um, like our, our friend of the show Stuart, you know, his brother had a little house, and I say little, it was like eight hundred square feet, but you could see the ocean somewhere near yeah. San Diego. And when he bought that house in 1971 or 19 whatever, it was a, you know, it was a hundred thousand dollar house. Now it's worth like. 1.3 million or something like that. So who <laughs> who knows? Who yeah. knows? It was maybe it was her dad's. We but to your point, Andrew, I, I kind of keyed in on that too. I thought, wait a minute, He's, this guy is a like a staff sergeant, right? He's making like sixty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> He's not making yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but maybe the you know the, and the car business obviously was doing well, but or maybe he does uh beard commercials. Um uh, because the, he did have a powerful beard in this movie beard. is on point. I'm I'm a fan yeah. of the Gyllenhaal beard. Every everyone that had a beard in this movie was was rocking it. Uh, I mean, the only, only the colonel with that mustache was 
Yeah. I guess they're trying to make him well, look and less the British. and the the trope, um, uh, uh, the trope guy, um, uh, the independent contractor. Yeah. Oh, the uh, guy from the boys. Yeah. Yeah. What about him? His beard wasn't all that great. Oh well, yeah. I guess it was uh, scraggly. I will say this: speaking of, of some of the actors in the movie, this is kind of neat. So, uh, one of the guys, James uh, Jason Wong who played uh, J.J. in this movie, we have seen him in at least three other films. I'm scrolling through. Uh, we saw him as recently as uh, he was in Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. He was, one of, he was the leader of the undead group that they fight in the dungeon that the dragon eats. Mm-hmm. But he's he's the guy that fights the paladin, so that's him. Uh, we also saw him in Wrath of Man, so another guy Richie, another filmed, guy Richie, yeah. which he was FBI agent. Okay, and then in the Gentleman, he was the guy who had the last that name that sounded like the F word. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. So we've we've seen this guy. Oh, he was also in Solo, a Star Wars story. So he's he's been in some stuff. So good for him. Huh. Uh, good for him. Uh, a few notes I have uh, that, I'll, that I'll that I'll go before we play some clips is that um. Let's see. I said uh, my first my first note that I wrote was wow the guy switched on the Taliban because they killed his kid. Now I see how this is going to get worse. And I, I, I knew that that was going to be some kind of... It, it wasn't just the fact that he saved an American. It was uh-huh. that he turned his back on the Taliban also. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know... I mean, so he, in, in their eyes, he was probably worse than an American, which is... I mean, it's... Uh, I did write one note uh, against the film is I'm 50 minutes in and I haven't seen him reload his weapon yet. <laughs> there, there was a lot of shooting. Well, he finally uh, ran out at the dam. Some shooting. Yeah, some shooting. He did. He did run out at the at the dam when when we needed him to be in at the most peril. Uh, healing. Healing and getting well. I again, it's it, it's American film. There's gonna be plot armor at, at some point. You, you have to have some plot armor. Um, and uh, the only thing I the, the at the finale there, my my biggest thought was, ooh, I hope they don't blow up the dam. Uh, you know, with that big you know thirty millimeter cannon that they were shooting on the hill. It's like, ooh, be careful. You know, you don't want to flood out the whatever. Uh, and my last note was, uh, I think the road to Mordor was shorter. So that was <laughs> yeah. Because that trip took them like a week. Yeah. And, well, and you see them like sharing an apple. And that's about it. Like I was like, what are these people eating? Yeah. And they're, they have to be out of water, which you see that later. But I think they would have probably shared a meal with the guy who he sold the truck to. I would Probably, assume that they, yeah. they shared a meal there. But yeah, for the most part, it was just him feeding them fruit uh, and any other maybe rations that they, you know, little military rations that they would have had with them in his backpack. So, uh, 
one other thing I will say um, that I captured from the the trivia is that uh, after the negligent discharge of a firearm that resulted in the tragic death of one woman on the set of Rust, which came, which was being filmed in 2021, uh, Guy Ritchie strictly enforced that would be absolutely no actual guns on the set of the film. All firearms shown throughout the film are either airsoft or rubber. Huh. All the guns on this movie? All the guns. I did not even notice that. I That's impressive. It yeah. really is. They all had the, the the feel of at least a gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's especially the handguns too. I mean, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've okay. I mean I've I've handled some airsoft that look real and I mean they do look real, but the barrel is you know is enough to you could tell. But well and there's weight. You got I mean, that's mm-hmm. hmm, interesting. The, right? I mean they had to have added weight to it somehow to make it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then uh, the actors aren't going to react to the weapon the right way. I don't know. I don't know. But that was uh, I thought that was interesting. So they were either rubber or hmm, that is cool. Airsoft, yeah. Anyway, that's all the uh, the trivia I have for that. Um, you gonna, you want to play some clips, or is there anything else we need to we need to say about the movie? Uh, I guess Sam had enough, and he just decided to to go away. I say we dive into some clips. I don't. I don't have anything else to. Okay. Well, uh, we'll share. we'll wait for <laughs> he's come back. I I I just assumed you rage quit because I liked the movie and you didn't. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's <laughs> when they hit X, the wrong X on the wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wrong like, oh, okay. Well, Sam feels that strongly. He's gonna rage quit. That's fine. Um, this movie. So capturing clips was a little bit of a challenge because this movie. <sighs> Has, did it have a lot of fucks in it? Uh, it? It did have a lot of that, yes. It did have a lot of those. Um, but it didn't have a lot of uh, humor or joy in the movie. Not really. <laughs> so, uh, you know, not, not a lot of fun things to get. But, you know, here, here's a little bit. Uh, I have, Of course, I have to uh, turn the volume back up. You good with cars? Anything with an engine. Oh yeah? Well, what's what's this? That's an engine, sir. You patronizing me, Ahmed? No. No. I would never patronize an officer, sir. That's that's the extent of his humor right there. He was he would never do that. Yeah, but uh, the some of his humor though was in his facial expression. Yeah, and there was mm-hmm. it was these little micro expressions too. Yeah, cool. no, I, I thought he was very good in this. Uh, this is audio of uh, of Andrew um, talking to his kids when they go to uh, Sweet Frog. Don't lick, squeeze, or pop anything. Yeah. Oh, I I thought. Uh, sorry. I didn't realize that. I thought it was what my wife usually says to me when I. Um, anyway, sorry. I I thought about making that joke too, but I I went with the kids because it seemed uh, equally as uh, a little safer. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. I also kind of liked the the little 
you know, brotherly, friendly conversations amongst the the army dudes. Like it always felt like kind of improv, like this. What a quaint little house on the prairie. You and I could retire here, Jizzy. We can adopt a labradoodle and milk something. Adopt a labradoodle and milk something. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, here is speaking of Sherlock Holmes. This is Sherlock Holmes talking to um, our guy. I heard your needle got stuck on this point before. Look, you've been tasked with finding IED factories. You can get creative in finding them. Yeah? Do it your way. I don't think you'll like my way. I don't think it's important whether I like it or not. Especially if I don't know about it. I really enjoyed not having this conversation. You have a good day. I, whenever, like in movies, that's always fun. But like when you think about it in the actual army, that seems a little... It's not going to work. A little scary. It's, it's tropey. It's yeah. tropey. Yeah, it is. It does happen in the real world, though. Because I've had that conversation with my bosses before. Yeah, Different well. principles I've had. I don't care how you do it, just get it done. Get it done, and we didn't have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had those. I mean, I had that happen when I was at Carowinds. I mean, I was on a ladder, though using it the way wrong way as the safety. Upside down. Well, no, but <laughs> it's an A-frame, right? This is, this is a kind of a, it's a visual, but like, it's a, you know, big A-frame. Like, it's a 20-foot A-frame. And we're setting up lights outside. But the stage is big, is too big for the ladder. So the two legs are on the top of the stage and two legs are on the bottom on the ground, which is about a six, mm, four foot difference in height. So the ladder is leaning at about a 40 degree angle. So as I'm walking up the side, I'm basically just walking up. I'm not climbing. And then I get to the top and I'm, I'm changing out the lights and the safety manager for the park comes by with my boss who is head of operations. And he goes, you do know you're using that ladder incorrectly. And I said, <laughs> I, I am aware. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, you told me that we have to get this stuff done before Scarewinds opens. I have two days and you know, no boom, op- no boom lift. And he says, carry on. And just turned around and walked away. <laughs> so... Safety first at Carowinds. Wow. The things that I did for nine fifty an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So this line, I played. I, I went to capture it, and I realized something when I captured it. So here's the line: Right is right. Push that to the hires. Cool. Okay, let's move on. Right. So push that to the hires. The first time when I watched this, I thought that meant the higher ups. Push that to people above me so that they're aware that we're turning right instead of left, just so that they know the route. But then I listened to it again. Right is right. Push that to the hires. Okay, let's move on. And then I realized he means H I R E S. The people, the the hired guns. The hired guns that are also on this trip with us. Yeah. Oh. So. I didn't catch that either. Yeah, it's a a throwaway line. It's not like it's not like uh, you know Black Ops, not Black Ops, but like whatever that company. It's not integral. It's, the... it's not really ever integral. Yeah. Not really. Not until the end of the movie. But uh, this was the wife taking control. 
So we will remortgage the house. You'll get those visas, and you will go. And you will do what you have to. You'll come back alive. You'll come back alive, John Kinley. Also, just a, uh, I was remembering. So in the scene when when he get when Jake gets shot and the guys are are there and he's like we, we have to keep him alive and that one guy like hits him upside the head. I actually thought that was uh, Ahmed. That he had he oh. had that he had changed, and was trying to get close enough to these guys so that he could then take them out. And 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 whatever. So I thought at first the, the the hit to the head was to sell that he was one of them, mm. so that he could you know they would not like who. Uh, mm. I, that's what I thought. So then and then of course then they all get shot. And he just walks up real calmly and coolly and then just you know shoots him with the pistol and takes care of business. And I thought, oh, we just wanted Jake to suffer a little bit more. Is all we needed to. Only give him the concussion. Give him a concussion then, uh, before. Uh, so, so okay. I one more thing that kind of bothered me about the movie. <laughs> I, I'm remembering things as we're discussing now. That happens. Um, okay, I realize he got shot in the leg and in the arm, and then he got hit in the head and was concussed. But he was out for like yeah. a solid week, and then. Didn't wasn't there a, a title card that popped up or a, a screen that said four weeks later and he was or a, something? Yeah, wakes up in the hospital. And he's still in the hospital and he's still coming out of it. My uh, guess was that he got hit in an artery in the leg. Okay, that, 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 that's, that's my guess. That's what I chalked it up to as well. But I, I blood loss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he yeah, would have lost I, a I lot still of thought, blood. Yeah, for him to be that out of shape, I mean, you know, in that bad of a shape. uh I don't know. I felt like it would need to be a little bit more than a hit to the head and two gunshots. Yeah. But well, that's also malnutrition and dehydration and yeah. Concussion for God's sake. Concussion, all that, all of those things. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the question that you have to kind of think about. Did, did Ahmed help him go to the bathroom or did he just soil his uniform? Or I mean, did, was he so malnourished and I mean, maybe those last few days? Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, this is a it's about it's 50 seconds. But this is the scene we talked about earlier when he when he's given the, the monologue about paying his debts. I, I again, I thought this was really good acting. Um, um, and that's fine that Sam disagrees. I am going to get that man and his family out of the position that we put him in. And of that, I have no doubt. And you're gonna help me, Colonel. The reason that I am here I saved your life eight years ago. So you're going to get those visas. I don't know how, but you're going to get them. Because I know you 
are the type of man that pays his debts. A Lannister always pays his debts. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the last one. If you'd have told me that you're John Kinley and he's the Ahmed, you'd have got this whole thing on me, pal. So then the question is, so do I, can I get my money back? You know, can I do I do I not have to mortgage the house now? That's what I wanted to say. Wanted him to say the the last thing I will say about the movie too that I again I, I liked is it's not like this is a buddy cop film. It's not like these two dudes at the end of the movie are bros. They're not hugging it out. They're not right. Like when they show up at the like even when he shows up in the street, they have a little joke of. There's a lot of dogs here. He goes, well, we have to leave now. But I like this place. Oh, I can see why. Like, no. It, they, they, that's it. That's all the brevity you get. And he realizes you have to leave now. He gets his wife. They get the kid. They go. Right? And then it's just it's just ultimate respect and just, I, I like that the movie doesn't go, you know, bad boys three. You uh-huh. know? It, it's not two buddies, you know, living, you know, playing cowboy or whatever. This was a debt. This man was, you know, repaying a debt. And and then they do the the man uh, nod at the end of the movie, which is that sign of respect, which I love. I saw somebody post this. This was great. I had never seen it written out until this moment. But it said, you know, men, uh, men are, uh, are confusing communicators. And then it says the picture, if you if a man nods up, that means hello. If a man nods down, that means respect. If a man nods to the left, like tilts his head to the left, that means come here, come with me. If he goes to the right, that means um, I have a secret to tell you. Huh. And I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. Yes. Like <laughs> all of the communications that we can have uh, just with our head, I thought that was great. So... But that's how the movie ends. There's no dialogue. There's no, hey, come to the house and we'll have a barbecue. Like, there's well, you know, of... he gives him a job at his uh, his auto shop. I, and you would think, mechanic. yeah, this is this has all been a very long job interview yeah. for my Ahmed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think that would it would have been too silly to the, have the, that in the ending. The yeah. the, uh, the lengths people go to get good employees nowadays yeah. is is incredible. Yeah, especially especially nowadays. Oh, you, uh, I need a master's degree and fifteen years of experience for this entry level job. Got it. All right, time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right, this week is the game where we play called. This is all bad English. This week we're playing the game called. <laughs> hey, did you notice? And uh, I think the only thing Sam noticed is that this wasn't Afghanistan. <laughs> Andrew's going to ask us some questions back and forth, and if uh, we get it right, we get a point. If we don't, uh, our opponent has a chance to uh, steal the point. Yeah, this is going to be a short game with only three questions this week. Uh, I find that movies like this where you're spending a lot of time in the wilderness, um, there's not a whole lot of stuff you can pick up on in the background. Like how many trees uh, were in that one shot? Right, yeah, yeah. So... Um, so there's only three questions. Um, so we'll start with Sam. Okay. And here's the first question. As Ahmed is working on the vehicle, uh, words, words can be seen written on the wiper fluid tank. Oh, 
What does it say? It says uh, uh, liquid only. It does not, Sean. This is this the is this the Humvee that he's working on? Yes, it is. Yeah. And there's words on the on the on the wiper fluid reservoir. Yeah. Uh, it's a blue. It's a blue liquid in a in a clear. Well, yeah, white, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I can't, so I assume it's wiper fluid. I can't imagine <laughs> it would say anything other than fill line here or wiper fluid only. It said something that I was really surprised to see it say. Oh, uh, it said no step. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, written written sense. on the on the reservoir on the plastic reservoir. It said no, so. Don't no step, step on it. Interesting. Yeah. The um, only reason why they did that is because some army dude stepped on it one time mm-hmm, and crushed yeah. it, and now they can't wipe bugs off their windshield. <laughs> All right. So uh, the second question goes to you, Sean. Street signs can be seen inside Ken uh, Kinley. Is it Kinley? Is that his last name? Uh, his home business garage oh yeah there are three street signs and each of them has a number what are the three street Holy signs their numbers uh so one is a speed limit sign right uh well this is not a uh, these are like street names oh street name signs oh hell i have no idea like uh, the one we had in our <laughs> apartment back in school um Totally illegal. Well, you found it. It was on the ground. <laughs> it was actually given to us by an older brother who stole it. And then we gave it mm-hmm. to somebody else. I don't remember who we gave it to, though. I have no idea. Uh, uh, um, Boardwalk Avenue. <laughs> what are you looking for, the number or the street? Yeah, each of them have a number. There's no, like, name. It's It's... It's something street, something street, and it's all a number. Like 6th like street? street? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. 1st, 2nd, yeah. and 3rd street. I have no idea. Okay. That is not right. Sam? No. Uh, let's do uh, 42, 3, and 18. <laughs> so the, the sign said, uh, and I, I was going to let this part slide, but it said East 21st Street, East 69th Street, and then one of them said South 14th Street. Okay. Um, I was going to forgive the direction. I was just going to ask for the number. But uh, <laughs> we missed the mark on that one pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Uh, so the last question here. How long is uh, Kinley on hold with the immigration office before O'Brady hangs up the call for him? Hour and 42 minutes. It can be seen on the cell phone when he presses end. It is not an hour and 42 minutes, Sean. I, I, now I'm trying to remember if there was an hour before. I remember 38 specifically, but I'm trying to remember if it was an hour 38 or just 38. I'm going to say an hour 38. Three hours, 13 minutes, and 19 seconds. Three. Jesus. 19. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like what do you like what do you do for three hours? You like you're saying like Hence you, why he was going nuts. Like yeah. you, you I mean, call you call I the think place. we could all understand that part of the movie. Oh yeah. Oh god yeah. That's that's the most relatable thing. Hell, I've been on hold 
multiple times this week for car insurance stuff. So yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so that's the game. No, no points awarded tonight. No winners again. Okay. Well, how about I wrote the only thing that I wrote down was what is the name of his? What is the number of his unit? It's on his sleeve. It's uh, three thirty-one. I, I was trying to see if it's in the back in the background of your picture. There, it's not. But you're close. You have you have it. It's three thirty something. Is it three thirty three? No, no. It's uh three, uh three three eight one. Three three eight one. Okay. All right. Okay, I can see it now behind Andrew's head. Three three eight one. Yeah. Yeah, I see it now on the. Yeah, I thought it was like three five B one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I picked that right. out, and and then I was like, oh, okay, that's that's a Toyota. Okay, that's a Nissan. Like, yeah, they were pretty nice cars for the middle of nowhere uh, Afghanistan. Uh, well, oh, it is B one three three B one. Oh, is it B one? Sorry, I just got a different angle. Yeah, it's a B. Oh, okay. Yeah, thirty three Bravo one. All right, that sounds fun. Cool. Uh, that's it. That's the movie. That's all of it. Um, time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? That's where we give this movie a score from 0 to 10. And we'll start, of course, with Andrew. Well, IMDb says 7.6 out of 10. So people must uh, enjoy the film. I didn't think it was was that bad. I did find a few issues, like I said. But I enjoyed it overall, and I, it kept my attention, which is one of my, uh, you know, tick boxes to to indicate that it is a decent film at least. Um, so I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go a little lower than 7.6. I'm going to go 7.1. Uh, and and the point one is only because they have the younger lookalike version of Nicole Kidman as his wife. <laughs> okay. That is true. That's interesting. I hadn't yeah. thought about that, but I'm with you. Sam? All right. Um, you guys already know my opinion on this. Um, I'm going to give it uh, some, at least some sort of credit for pointing out that we should be better with our um, interpreters out there. I do understand that message. Uh, however, I disagree with how it was presented in this. I'm going to give it a 4.28 out of 10. It's funny. In my head, I was, I was trying to guess what you were going to say. And I knew it was going to be under a 5. So I guess you were going to say a 4.75. So you still went a little bit under that. So, okay. Yep. Um, I, I liked it. Is it my favorite Guy Ritchie film? No, it's probably my least favorite, actually, um, yep. of, of the Guy Ritchie films that I've seen. I haven't seen all of his films yet. There's still a few that we have to, that we'll do. But my, my goal is, uh, before this podcast hangs up its uh, headphones, uh, we will do his entire catalog. And I don't think that's really all that hard to do. Uh, though I don't know if we'll do... Well, that means we have to do Aladdin. I liked Aladdin. I, I, I didn't. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, we'll do Aladdin. It's fine. But we still have, you know, we still have Man from Uncle to do. And uh, Rock and Rolla. Definitely want to do that one. So there's some other things. There's some things in there that I'm looking forward to doing that he did. Uh, his, his, uh, mostly just his films. Obviously, we're not going to do his um, music videos or some of his shorts. 
uh, but we'll keep it to his features. Well, yeah, just a few more to go, and we'll have done his entire uh, catalog, which is cool. There is something else that he just did in 2023 called Operation Fortune Ruse de Guiri. Guiri? Uh, oh, it's got uh, it's got our guy in it though. It's got um, Jason Statham, Audrey Plaza, Carrie Elwes, Hugh Grant, Josh Hartnett, Bugsy uh-huh. Malone, Eddie Marzo. Oh, and Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we we have to do this just because of Hugh Grant. Old man Hugh Grant is probably the best version of Hugh Grant. My favorite. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. Special Agent Orson Fortune and his team of operatives recruit one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars to help them on an undercover mission when the sale of a deadly new weapon technology threatens to disrupt the world order. That sounds fun. That just sounds fun, especially Audrey Plaza. Yeah. I, I like her a lot. That's just, we let's do that. All right. We'll do it eventually, just not right now. All right. Um, that's it. Oh, uh, I'm gonna give my score. Crap. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six. Mm, no, I'm gonna, oh. give it, I'm gonna give it a. <laughs> sorry. Actually, I'm gonna give it a seven. I like this movie. It's just a little under Andrew. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. I like this movie. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty good, pretty good war movie. Not great. It's fine. I probably wouldn't put it. Anywhere near our top ten list of war movies? Mm-mm. No, no. I mean, probably not even. I could probably think twenty five that I'd rather watch that are worse, but more watchable. If that makes sense. Like The Patriot, not a great film, but it's rewatchable because it's fun. Uh, that's it. That's our show. Um, thank you for listening to us. Uh, that was our our November run. There is all all nice and done. Not that we did anything special, but coming up next month is going to be kind of a fun month as we end the year with some cool stuff. Next week we are doing across the Spider Verse. We did into the Spider Verse uh, several years ago when that came out, and now we're going to do across the Spider Verse. Very much looking forward to it because into the Spider Verse. It's one of my favorite superhero movies, and Sam says the next one is even better. What is that even possible? I think mm-hmm. he's. Uh, I think he's still on his medication. We'll find out. And then we're gonna do. That's right. We're gonna do the the classic Christmas movie, Jingle All the Way. Oh my gosh! Sinbad taking me back to the childhood. I have not seen that in forever. I haven't oh seen it in gosh. forever either. I am so looking forward to it. I'm going to watch it with the kids. It's going to be a lot of fun. So jingle all the way, and then we're going to the last movie of the year. We're going to end on Violent Night. <laughs> That's the last movie of the year. Okay, looking forward awesome. to it. Yeah, so. That's it. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Go to our website, cheapseatreviews.libson.com. There you can find links to all of our other stuff, including our um, our YouTube page. Go there, like us, leave us uh, reviews, a comment. Somebody commented on our upgrade episode, which was very, very nice. So go there, watch it, and uh, comment, like, and subscribe, and all that good stuff. Help us uh, bring the new year in on a bang. And uh, you know, help help get those uh, those numbers up so we can stay national or or, uh, or internationally ranked as a as a as a force as a, as a podcast that has uh, done good things over these 
almost 10 years. But that's going to do it for us. So on behalf of uh, Sam, Andrew, and the Teletubby on Sam's shoulder, this is Sean saying thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for Across the Spider-Verse. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.